It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornchain. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornchain. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm so excited that you're tuning in again today because we are continuing in our study of Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. It's amazing how three verses can completely turn your world upside down. I mean, that's what we expect out of the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We began the series a number of weeks back as we were looking at the radical teachings of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And they're radical because they go totally against our sin nature. It causes us to question everything of how really we are dependent in this system of Babylon more so than we ever thought And now we have to shift gears and really put an end to ourselves, embrace the fullness of Jesus Christ, take up our cross, and walk as he walked, to follow him. That's a radical idea. It really does go contrary to everything we think we know in this flesh, because after all, we are inclined to a very sin nature. It's not just a little sin nature, it is, a, it is a dominating sin nature that the Apostle Paul speaks of many times throughout the study of Romans, especially Romans 6 and 7. Highly encourage you to go and study those for yourselves. So we're continuing in this study of where our treasure really is. And to help me with this powerful study, Dr. Steve Ford is back in the studio. Dr. Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. This is such a great study. I was just thinking as you were... Uh, just giving us the intro just about how we sort of grew up in a John Wayne sort of America that was totally contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ, where I can handle this, I've got this, uh-huh. you know, sort of on our own, looking out for ourselves, all that sort of stuff. Not that I love John Wayne and his movies, but uh, just really the antithesis of Jesus teaching us that you know, he mm-hmm. is the vine and we are the branch and we're to be totally and completely dependent upon him in every aspect and especially the financial aspects of our lives. That's right. And because that really is the greatest test. Uh, you know, I was, and we think, well, really, is, is, is a test of our money one of the greatest tests? Right. I think it is. I think so, too. Uh, because I was talking with the men's Bible study group at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, and, and we were talking about why it had to be our first fruits, why even our very best when it came to the sacrifices that were presented there at the temple prior to that at the tabernacle, that even if they're oxen or they're sheep or whatever the animal or even the the grain offering that was presented, it always had to be their very best. It needed to cost them something, right? And if we think about anything that, that's our first fruits, we often want to reserve that for ourselves. Right. And we think, you know, I'm giving God something. Yeah. He should be just <laughs> should grateful be happy for that, that right? <laughs> uh, but really, he's telling us to give our very best. And, and I, I'm not a farmer. I don't raise li- livestock and tend to, you know, vast array of animals and, and herds of cattle and so forth. But we do have some in our church who do. And as we were talking about this, he said, you know, as, as one particular gentleman was mentioning that if he had to give his very best of a particular head of cattle, perhaps, uh, you know, that this, this might be the one that's also sort of the, the, the creme de la creme, right? This is the one that you've been waiting for that is without spot, it's muscular strength and stature and all the things about it might be even the ideal one for breeding purposes that could yield you a lot more money. So you're really not just putting that particular first fruit on the line, but a cascading effect of multiple first generations or even the best of within the breeding purposes within that livestock 
So you're saying that I'm giving it all up to God. He yeah. is going to take care of me. The thousands, maybe millions that could be expended in this type of venture, this dependency, this step of faith with yeah, the Lord trust. is so putting him first that you are saying he is going to take care of everything. So yeah. there's so much behind the scenes to these maybe singular verses that we read we fail to recognize how much of a step of faith this really is. And so we're actually putting even our money where our faith is. Right. It's amazing how that really will stretch us oh, because sure. we, we want to get up, get by perhaps with the widow's might. I'm going to give yeah. away the least, not really realizing how much she actually had given away, but we want to give maybe that penny and, and have God be content with that. And that's not really testing or stretching our faith. Yeah, it's interesting. I grew up in a in a church, and like you said, most of us are not agrarian. And so I grew up in a church, and their view of tithing was you give 10% above your just needs and wants, which, as my dad uh, used to say, doesn't mean you just needs it and you just wants it. So, yeah. <laughs> so it needs to be a, a generous a generous heart for sure. Right. But uh, I think you know, once again, as we've, as we've explored various aspects of the things that the Lord has called us to do, we see in all these things that he seeks to bless us and he seeks to free us and free right. us from the burden of depending upon these things and greed and uh, self-focus and all those sorts of things. That's right. And prior to this conversation today, we talked about the rich young ruler who was right. tested to go and give everything he had away, sell all he had, uh, purge his life of the things that were really the priority in his life, not realizing for the reader that we could have seen the Lord give it all back to him and more had he pass, passed that test. Right. If he had said, the Lord is greater than all these things, as Job had done. I right. mean, he, he didn't necessarily always have the eloquent word to share, but Job demonstrated it in his allegiance to the Lord, that the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And at the end of that series of events, those sequences in his life that we often read and are just astonished by, uh, the Lord has now doubled what he had started with, which is amazing to show that the Lord is in these details. He does love and care for you, but there is a test before us all. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, that obviously the Lord is not against wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, even when Nathan, you know, when and, uh, David has committed his transgression with Bathsheba and Nathan comes to him, he, the Lord says, I would have given you so much more if you would have only asked mm. there's so much more my you know you're a man after my own heart i'm willing to be generous i've already given you all these things and i would have given you even more and obviously david you know in his time was extremely wealthy right that's right yeah, yeah it really was a heart condition right uh, there's a lot of pride um a lot of self gratification yeah uh, Solomon spoke to this even throughout Ecclesiastes. Uh, you know, this preacher is giving us this right, word about, right. I pursued everything, sought happiness in all of it, tried to fill yeah. that void in my life with all of these material possessions and houses and women and wine and money and all the things that we see glamorized by Hollywood and every publication around us as if this is what you really want. Yeah. And we're saturated by the, the advertising and the constantly making us feel uh, less satisfied with what we have. There, there's right. always something more. There's always better clothing, better yeah. cars, better houses, whatever it might be. And, and that's feeding this sin nature in us to be less satisfied, no yeah, longer right, content right, right. with what God has given to us. And, and that's why if we can learn to be content in yeah. all situations. Yeah, godliness with contentment. That's right. Glory to God. <laughs> now, now, of course, I, we've got a lot to cover. 
Dr. Ford, if you could kick us off again with Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. This really is the staple verse right. that's, that's generating all of this conversation here today. Yes, and it reads, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm, and it's the in this sequence of verses here, the questions are really asked of our Lord to for us to consider. To really look deep into our hearts is maybe we're staring at the mirror right now and saying, "Who am I really? Yeah. Where is my first love truly? What what do my actions say right. about who my first love is? Is it really self and God's just getting my scraps, my leftover?" time of my day and maybe mm-hmm. I give him a, some simple little prayer. He really isn't the priority probably that we may think that he is. Um, or maybe even, uh, you know, creating some kind of illusion to this where we think that we're doing much better in this department than we really are. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we need to ask ourselves these questions. Are you earthly minded or heavenly minded? Are we investing in eternity or are we investing in the here and now? And are we enthralled with the things that are temporary versus the things that are really permanent, truly permanent. And that's what we want to explore in this series is how does the Bible differentiate these things? What is truly a value before God comparatively to what Satan tries to offer us as he tried to tempt Jesus by saying, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. I'll right. give you all these things as if Jesus wanted any of that, as if it was even his to really give. Right. Right. I mean, you know, the Lord is truly reigning over all. Amen. It truly does belong to him. Every cell is his and ordered by him. And it honestly, the interesting thing about what our culture tells us are things of value. We often put this preconceived idea of value to things that have really no value. I mean, if you think about it, like gold and silver, for example, when hard days come upon a nation, we often hear, hey, you need to go and you need to store up these things and you especially need to diversify your portfolio and add gold and silver to the equation. Now, I'm certainly no financial expert and I will hear from everybody. I mean, Robert Kurosaki and Dave Ramsey and all these guys out there have these opinions on these matters. And what I often like to do is just go to Scripture and say, what does the Bible That's have right. to reveal to us on these matters? Because quite frankly, if you go to Genesis chapter 47, verses 13 to 25, the money in Egypt, listen, the money in Egypt became worthless as God transformed the nation in only seven years. They were the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. They looked an awful lot like a republic. By the time God Mm. was done with them, with that series of very harsh famine realities, he used Joseph, of course, to store up to prepare for these things. But as he prepared and the people didn't, they sold everything they had, including themselves, to survive the famine. This set up the dictatorship of a pharaoh. And with that, then judgment would ultimately come to the entire nation because that Pharaoh would harden his heart toward God. And of course, we know that part of his punishment was that God hardened his heart. These 10 plagues would then come upon Egypt. Israel would be spared. They would carry out all that was before them, taking gold and silver and everything else as they would go and start this new nation in, in the promised land, right? We know how that story goes, but it only took seven years to bring the most powerful nation on the face of the earth to nothing. And the Bible specifically says their money became worthless. 
Well, what about gold and silver? Well, Ezekiel 7.19 says, They will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will be like refuse. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. Now, Dr. Ford, before the show, we were talking about that, of these things that men put very high value on, the Lord is, is revealing, showing to us over and over again, this thing that you even value as a treasure. I mean, how many treasure movies out there about <laughs> seeking the lost treasure usually revolve around gold and silver? Yeah. And yet the Bible frequently reveals these things are just like the rest of the materials on the face of this earth. They are here today, gone tomorrow. They have no eternal value. And, and I often think about 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13 in this. It talks about the day of the Lord. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. If that doesn't put it in the proper perspective, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, will. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and, and even, Dr. Ford, before the program, we were talking about how we often see this dichotomy uh, between those who have today w- versus those who have not. Right. And and there are those within that segment of perhaps the have-nots who think, you know what, I, I'm going to go and prepare for adverse days ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put all these things aside, maybe build a bunker, whatever it might be, and I'm going to weather whatever storms might happen. And you who think you have suddenly will be the have-nots, and I'll be the have. Right. Right. Or I'll be of the group of the haves. Right. And it's a really interesting because really this is not the position we should be taking. We rather, instead of trying to weather the storms of God, we need to be presenting ourselves as an offering unto the Lord. We see the apostles call themselves slaves unto God. I am here for your bidding and your purposes. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter six tells us we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, we are to prostrate ourselves as an offering unto him. Where will you take me? What must I do? We see in Matthew 24, even during the great tribulation, where they're told not even go back to their houses. Don't even go back there. Flee now. There's always this this sense of urgency, even during the Passover, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt. Urgency, urgency. You can lay up all those treasures now that you think will carry you through adversity, when the reality is the one who is able, the one who made axe heads float to the surface of the water, who made sandals so they didn't wear out in the wilderness, who brought manna and quail, who delivered people through impossible circumstances, he is able. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't use good wisdom and prepare, but we do so with the right mindset. That if there are neighbors who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ, if there are family members who will be in need, 
Lord, if you give me these resources, I, I'm going to use it for your glorious purposes. It's not so that I can weather the storm while everybody else suffers. Right. As if I'm building my own little ark unto myself while the world is going to be burned up and destroyed through its own sin and calamity and wrath. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it's really the right mindset. And I know that that deviates a bit from what we were trying to focus on, but I've heard that argument so often that I'm going to diversify, lay up funds, do this, do that, put aside this much food and all of these things. We have no idea what tomorrow brings. Amen. All we can do is say, Lord, here I am, send me. You tell me not to be anxious for tomorrow. What really can I do? Can I really put enough guns away to fight against whatever army might come? Can I really put enough food away to weather however many years there might be adversity? Rather, what we have to do is say, I'm going to be so close to God that my prayer life is going to be on fire. My reading of his word, I'm going to be so, be, it's so knowledgeable of the goodness of God that when these difficult days come, I will know without a doubt that he is the one who orchestrates everything in my life. I belong to him. If I'm to go to the right or to the left, to God be the glory in which path he takes me, even to the end of myself, glory be to God. And isn't the end of that, we stand before the Bema Seat of Christ, we Amen. receive the rewards for these things, and we cast them like the crowns and the elders, we cast them at the feet of Jesus. Amen. That's really what we're talking about. And that's and the joy that we're going to experience during that time because of being good stewards over the things that the Lord has blessed us with. That's right. It's just going to bless us for all eternity. Now, we, of course, let me just make sure to add this little caveat here. Sure. Um, not to caveat to what you just said, but certainly to the thematic thread that I'm addressing here. Um, I, I, people have asked me, well, so where do you stand on some of these matters? Well, we can learn a lot from what happened in March of 2020, uh, in which suddenly churches were closing with one week's notice, yeah. very little preparatory time. Uh, the, the things happen so quickly. So if we don't learn from that, I think that in any adverse circumstance, I mean, we could see power outages that happened in Texas. Uh, you can see, I, I was here during the big blizzard that hit, I think <laughs> right. it was 1997, yeah. right? And, and the city was almost shut down. I think that there are circumstances we need to do our due diligence to prepare for. Again, because we may have a neighbor in That's need right. that needs batteries. Maybe they need food. Maybe we need also take care of our immediate family. Of course, we'd expect that. But again, you, you have to ask the question, how much is enough? And that's true of all of the treasures that we try to amass. Really, how much is enough? How mm -hmm. many shirts do I really need? Right. How, how many pairs of pants and all the things that we amass? How, how many couches will I go through until I'm satisfied? Yeah. I mean, all of these things really are a test of our faith. How, how much are we? is it going to take before we're really content in the goodness of God? Is there a measure of materialism that can ever provide that? And the answer is no. no. And biblically, we see that over and over again, and it seems like we're going to run that crazy cycle until the final days of our, our breath upon this earth, and then we'll go, oh, he was right, yeah. and I wasted all of this precious time pursuing materialism. Yeah, it's like you quoted Solomon, you know, probably maybe the richest man ever, meaningless, mm -hmm. meaningless, all is meaningless, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and I think that's where the Lord asks us at the, you know, he gives this powerful message at the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that really we have to have a change of mind and attitude and to be like the Christians who s were so filled with the Holy Spirit in Hebrews chapter 11 of the faith chapter, no matter what adversity they faced, they had the fullness 
of the goodness of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwelling. Uh, we see Stephen as he's being stoned, right, executed. Right. There is no fear, but mm-hmm. rather great joy. Yeah. He sees a heavenlies opening up. I've often wondered, did he even feel pain? Yeah. Uh, because he was so filled with the, the joy of the Lord that became his strength, that peace in the middle of the storm that's it's unexplainable. And these are the things that often we find that when we truly surrender our very humanistic paradigm of how to confront adversity, and we start to so depend on God and truly surrender, thy will be done, not my will be done, Lord. Then we we have a peace that surpasses understanding. Right. If we had only the clothes on our back, we would yep. still be satisfied. Right. Because That's a, we learn yeah. to trust in a new strength, something that gives greater joy than anything this world could ever give. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And Jesus is really talking about their laying up eternal treasures that do not fade away. And, and I know that the natural question we have of ourselves, we think we've got a pretty good handle on this, but 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 8 tells us, listen to this, these are the kind of treasures the Lord is talking about. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Oh, there it is, brothers and sisters, right there, that this genuineness of your faith is far more valuable than any gold that he says right here perishes. The gold is going to go away. Don't cling to such things. Rather, may your joy, your your fortitude, the, the fullness of your heart, may it overflow by the goodness of God as you press in to know him in a very deep and powerful way. This is where your strength will be. This is what will carry you through whatever adversity may come upon this nation. And and I think that, Dr. Ford, we ended last week's broadcast talking about that, that it's only a matter of time. We can't keep kicking the can down the road pretending that this debt problem in our nation is going to go away, that that the entitlement programs are somehow not going to just uh, completely drench us in debt to the point of bankruptcy. Our nation is headed to great calamity at its current pace. And 272 nations have come and gone before the final week of Daniel chapter 9. So we know that the Bible doesn't revolve around America. Rather, I believe that the only reason why we're even still here, because there's been nothing but a cesspool, it seems, coming out of this nation sometimes, uh, I've often heard that if God didn't come soon, that he'd owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology, <laughs> right. right? Or if he didn't bring judgment soon. Right. We've heard that a time or two. And it's because we see the filth coming out of Hollywood and and everything that just seems to be perpetuated here in this nation uh, coming against other countries. And I mean, just the, 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 the heinous immorality that just seems to pour out of this place. If it weren't for 
the work that God is doing through his church out of this nation and the fact that I believe that because America is a protector of Israel right. and the some six million from the tribe of Judah who dwell in these United States, if not for that, why would God even tolerate this nation a day longer? Yeah. So if adversity is coming, and I believe it is, we need to be readied spiritually more so than we could ever be physically. If God gives some physical preparatory means, please feel free to do so. But if that's where your strength is, you're greatly misled. That's why we need to focus in on what is true that will not perish in the fires that will come upon this earth. That which is eternal, that is, well, as it says, forever. So, Dr. Ford, thank you for your wisdom as always. And we want to thank all of you for listening to Engage in Truth week in and week out. And if you have missed the prior broadcast, you can go to calvaryfountain.com. There you can listen to this broadcast and more and catch up. Perhaps you've missed a few weeks and maybe you hear something again and again and you go, you know what, I'm going to share with that with my friends and family. Please do get the word out there and, uh, and be an encourager for others as you get this message out frequently. We want to thank you for your support. Again, if you're looking for a church in your area, maybe you're willing to drive to the south end of Colorado Springs, maybe you're in Pueblo, you're willing to drive up to Colorado Springs, uh, you can learn more at calvaryfountain.com. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays, and we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.